Have you ever found yourself lying awake at night worrying about your struggling child? Or do you ever feel overwhelmed by differing professional opinions and question whether you're doing enough? You are not alone. In this episode of the Mom Life Handbook, we're talking about these very concerns. We're swapping out confusion for clarity and worry for proactive and responsive strategies. Stick with me, and by the end, you'll feel empowered, equipped, and ready to champion your child's needs like never before. Let's take this journey together and turn your worry into confident action. If that's what you need more of in your life today, you're in the right place. Let's simplify things together. I'm Erin Christopoulos, a mother of two and teacher-turned-mom strategist who puts the pieces of mom life together so you don't have to. I get that you're short on time and don't have the capacity to figure out everything on your own, which is why I'm here, to help you get clear on where to put your focus while protecting your time and energy so you can actually enjoy these years with your little ones. I'm ditching the overwhelming and unrealistic one-size-fits-all tactics and replacing them with an approach that's practical and personal because I believe your family is one of a kind with its own qualities and values that deserve an adaptable approach, offering support and encouragement where you need it most. From honest conversations and mindset shifts to practical tips and sustainable strategies, consider this your customizable guide to mom life. With the tools and resources you need at your fingertips, you'll finally have the confidence and clarity you need to bring more intention and ease to everyday life so that you and your family thrive. This is the Mom Life Handbook. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, my executive assistant was reviewing all of the podcast show reviews that you have so kindly put into your podcast platform of choice, and he was blown away. He couldn't believe what you all had to say, and he wanted to read all of them to you, and I said, you can't. You have to pick just one. Theo, would you like to read this week's review of the week? Yes. This is from Blueberry310. Erin is able to cut through the noise we all encounter as moms. She shares tangible, actionable advice that helps me immediately. I love her approach of customizing mom life to reflect your values. This podcast feels judgment-free and empowering. I gain something as a mom from every episode. Thank you, really, very ten. Uh, three ten. Thank you. I like that one that you picked, and I really appreciated Blueberry three ten taking the time to share their thoughts about the podcast. And thank you, Theo, for giving it the most perfect reading that ever could have been given. Now, as for today's podcast episode, we're discussing a topic that many of us can relate to, how to advocate for your child when they're struggling. This week's episode was admittedly inspired by the past week that my family has had with my son being in the hospital for some GI stuff that was going on. And I'll tell you, it's an emotional roller coaster when your child is having a hard time. And that could be medically, but I've also been there with my kids when it comes to them struggling academically or when they're struggling developmentally. 
or even if I just feel like my child is struggling with friendships or big transitions in life, like moving across the country. There have been so many times where I've had to see my kids struggle, and that's hard as a mom. So I wanted to take some time this week to help you feel less alone in your struggles as you see your own child struggling and hopefully give you some insight and perspective that's going to help you feel more confident in taking a moment to figure out what your next steps can be so that you feel like you're a little bit more in control and that you can actually do something to support your child. Because I know that sometimes it feels very confusing or it can feel uncertain and that just doesn't feel good when you know that it's your role to be supportive of your child and do everything possible to help them out. I want to reassure you, you are your child's best advocate. Nobody knows your child better than you do and that's why you're the perfect person to speak on their behalf. In this episode, we're going to work through the feelings of overwhelm, tackle the guilt and fear, and build a practical game plan that will help you advocate effectively and confidently. We'll dive into understanding your resources that are available to you, developing a team mindset with your partner or your child's support team, trusting your own intuition, and the importance of staying calm. Plus, I'll be sharing some of my own experiences and those you aren't alone in this journey, but I know that sometimes it can feel like you really are. By the end of this episode, I hope you'll not only feel less alone, but that you'll feel more empowered to make a lasting positive impact on your child's life by taking the next right steps. Let's dive in. It's time to turn that worry into action. Let's go. I get it. Mom life can be a lot. And that's why I created the Focus Finder Quiz. This free interactive quiz is custom made for moms like you who are looking for some clear direction in navigating the challenges of everyday mom life. Answer just a few quick questions and you'll receive personalized results that showcase your mom's strengths and highlight any areas where you might be struggling. Plus, I'll send you a printable resource that offers simple, effective strategies to help you bring focus to the parts of your life where you need it most. If you're ready to say goodbye to the chaos and hello to ease, then it's time to take the Focus Finder quiz. Head to momlifehandbook.com slash quiz right now to take the quiz and get your personalized results and resources today. So I think it's important that we acknowledge that the first step or stage in all of this is the time when we start to recognize that our child is struggling. So this can look so different for so many kids. And I alluded to it when we kicked off the episode. Maybe it's that your child's struggling in school or they aren't making developmental milestones. Or maybe they aren't handling some big life transitions as well as they could be. It's also possible that you're noticing something is off with your child's health. Maybe it's just that your child is struggling with their bedtime routine. This doesn't have to be a huge overwhelming struggle in order for it to matter or for it to be justifiable that it's upsetting to you. Because believe me, any type of struggle your child is having is a lot for us to shoulder as moms. And I want you to know that when you are noticing that your child is struggling, I want you to lean into that. I think it's our tendency to sometimes turn in a blind eye to what we're observing or almost bury our heads in the sand because 
we don't want our kids to be struggling. And sometimes it's easier to tell ourselves like, oh, it's nothing or, oh, it's just this one time. When in reality, if it's catching your attention, I want you to start just getting curious about what caught your attention. Doesn't mean that you're on a hunt for something to be wrong. Doesn't mean that there is something wrong. But I want you to just be curious, wonder what it is that you're observing, keep an eye out for it moving forward, and just start to almost build a little case file, if you will, where you have a few different data points in terms of times when something concerning happened or things that you've noticed in terms of your child's growth or their grades over time or their test scores. Just have a pulse on what's going on. I think that is such an important first step in knowing when is it time to maybe start understanding more about what could be an underlying problem and how you could therefore support it. It's very possible that what you're noticing now is a very short-term momentary concern and it will resolve itself. More likely than not, that's the case. But it's better to have a picture of what's going on so that you aren't caught off guard and so that you are able to be proactive in supporting your child so that what could potentially become a bigger problem is staved off nice and early and your child gets what they need and they can get back on track, which is the ultimate goal for us as parents. Now, with that said, I want to really remind you, and I feel like this is so important when we see our kids struggling, every child's journey is unique. It's their own story of who they are. And there's no one-size-fits-all guidebook that you can follow with them. And that's really okay. I think that it'd be great if there were, because then we wouldn't have all these unknowns floating around us. But at the same time, I think that it's what makes each of us uniquely our own and shapes us into who we're going to be. And with that said, there comes that complexity and there do come the unknowns that we don't have as much control over. We'll talk about this more in a little bit, but if you're getting the sense that everyone else in your child's world doesn't have the same concerns as you do, it doesn't mean that you aren't onto something. Just know that, yes, we have milestones to be looking out for or certain benchmarks we'd hope a child would be achieving in school, but there are kids who could be tracking along just as expected, but really they have some significant needs that aren't being met. And so it's okay if you're noticing something about your child that no one else seems to be keyed in on, I want you to not discredit that about yourself because chances are you're on to something. And I hope that as time goes on with Mom Life Handbook that you find that there are resources that really help you tease out the types of support your children might need as they grow up. One example of this that you can go check out already is my blog post on the four key areas of development for preschoolers before kindergarten. I feel like that's such a big time of development, and there are a lot of parents who are worried, is my kid ready for kindergarten? How am I going to know? They already know their alphabet and their numbers, but is that enough? The answer is no. There's so much more to know. And I really want to help you tease out, well, where's your threshold of, yes, you should consider like, all right, my child does seem to be on track, or maybe how to lean into the areas where you are concerned. I have been thinking that maybe my child is a little behind in their development in this regard. I hope that resource can help you tease out where your child falls and how you can best advocate for them. If you're interested in that, I'll go ahead and link that in the show notes for you. 
It's over at momlifehandbook.com. And if you'd like more resources for a specific need related to your child's development or any topic for the podcast for that matter, just drop it into a review on your podcast platform of choice. I read every single review. So it's the perfect way to make sure your idea is seen and heard. And hopefully it makes it into a podcast episode in the near future. Now, after you've identified a particular struggle or need for your child, I want you to know that you don't have to face it alone. You don't have to support your child on your own. I want you to really understand the resources. I think a great first step whenever you see your child struggling is to research and find what information you can to either validate your concerns or give you some guidance on some initial steps you can do and implement at home in order to support your child. It will not only help you feel more confident in how to best support your child, but it will also start to give you an idea of what you could be doing. And if it doesn't really work in supporting your child, you can then bring that to any other professional or provider and be able to say, here's our history of things we've already tried. This is what I observed as the outcome. Here are my remaining concerns. How can we best move forward? I think that coming in from that angle or perspective really lends a lot of credibility to you've done your homework, you're informed, and you've already started the process in supporting your child. And even if your expectations fall short in terms of maybe you don't get the outcome you were hoping for in those initial stages of supporting, I think that it's really validating in terms of that you did your best with what you had at home. And now it's time to rely on an extension of you through other professionals and caregivers who can also come in with their expertise and help support your child in their own unique ways. So just remember that it doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that you aren't a good mom. It just means that sometimes our kids have needs greater than our own specialty. And that's okay. So some things I like to do to research are, yes, to go online. I know that there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of opinion out there. So I always try to find recent studies or at least articles that cite recent studies that give me a chance to understand what the research says about my concerns so that I really have a clear picture on what kind of data or information a specialist would be looking for, whether that's a teacher or a doctor, physical therapist. It really will help me know what lens they're going to be looking at my child through and it helps me access the analytical part of my brain as opposed to just the emotional side, which is what we tend to default to as moms. So having a chance to read studies and be informed and knowledgeable about the concern at hand is really important. Be sure to especially be looking for sites that end in .edu, .gov, .org. Those are going to be sites that are really focused on conveying information with accuracy. You can also rely on magazine publications, newspaper articles, if relevant, or books, which are my other go-to. I even do tend to like to listen to podcasts, especially if there are professional experts in the field. You can just search in your podcast platform for certain keywords related to your concern, and you might find an episode or two that are really helpful. I know that when my daughter was first diagnosed with 
her esophageal condition. She, I didn't know much about this disease at all. And so I searched podcasts and there weren't many episodes, but there was one on a speech language pathologist podcast, which I would never normally listen to. I'm not an SLP, but she had a expert on who was a doctor who was able to really break down and explain not only what the disease is and how it works, but the impacts it can have on children. And it was so helpful. And that is not a resource I would normally have tapped into. So something to think about and consider. And then after you've done that research, after you've tried some things at home, if you feel like even with your partner or if you're co-parenting, I want you to think about How can you share that information with the other caregivers in your child's life so that you really start to create this culture of collaboration where you have open and honest communication, even in these early stages? It'll also help you feel a little less alone, and it will prepare you to then just continue to grow your team if you need to reach out to other resources in your child's community. You already really have kind of this nice baseline or this nice core group that you can rely on and then layer in additional supports as needed. Now, something that we haven't touched base about, but I feel like really is an important conversation to have is to remember that sometimes we're in the position where we don't see our child struggling. And sometimes it's the other people in our children's lives who do see them struggling in different environments. I want to acknowledge the reality that sometimes we are unaware of our children's struggles. And that, again, doesn't mean that you're not a good parent. It's just the reality that you're not with your child 24-7. If your child goes to daycare or you have a caregiver in the home or they go to school and they are working with their teachers all day, those other caregivers in your child's life see them in a different environment in a different capacity and there are times where they are going to see your child differently and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong if they see a struggle that you don't I want you to just keep an open mind that if someone is raising a concern about your child more often than not I really believe in the power of giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're approaching you with a concern about your child, they're already going to be sensitive to the fact that's going to be a tricky conversation. That's going to be something hard for you to hear potentially because we don't want to hear that our child's struggling. We don't want to hear that our kids are having a hard time. And I think that the other adults in our kids' lives are really aware of that. And so I know, especially for me as a teacher, when I'd have to have a, a conference with a parent about a struggle a child was having, I always tried to be so sensitive to the fact that the parent really cares so much for the child that the child is good. They're just struggling. And it doesn't mean anyone's done anything wrong. So I hope that even if you find that there's ever a caregiver, a teacher, a doctor, anyone who has to have a tricky conversation with you about something that your child is up against, try to do what you can to keep a mindset around teamwork, to keep a mindset around how you can have that open mind. I think that it's really easy to get defensive. It's easy to have an us versus them mentality, especially if you don't see eye to eye. And it makes it ultimately easier to just write them off. But the reality is the ultimate desire for everyone involved is to help your child overcome these challenges or to at least make the challenges less difficult. 
So I hope that as you go into your journey of problem solving with whomever is on your child's team, that you keep an open mind, that you're willing to collaborate, and that you're willing to have the hard conversations. And if you're wondering how to have those challenging conversations, you can head to the blog and check out my article all about having difficult conversations about your child with teachers and caregivers. You'll get practical guidance from me as a teacher, but also as a parent. And I went ahead and linked that in the show notes for you in case you feel like that would be helpful, because I know that can be really uncomfortable for us as parents, especially if that's not in your area of expertise. Now, as you build your team and gather your resources, I want you to remember one crucial thing. You shouldn't hesitate to lean into your intuition. Now, I already talked about this in episode four, which was all about the power of your intuition. It's linked in the show notes, so you can visit momlifehandbook.com slash mother's intuition. But I don't want you to discredit that you bring a unique perspective about your child that no one else has. You have such a personal connection to your child and a deep understanding of who they are as an individual. And it's very likely that intuition is going to be what helps you pick up on the more subtle signs of an underlying need that maybe is going unnoticed by other caregivers or professionals in your child's life. And if you are noticing something concerning I don't want you to discredit that just because no one else is seeing it. I don't think most of us are going out trying to find something wrong with our child. And so if you're noticing something, you're like, I don't think this is quite right. And even professionals reassure you that, nope, your child's fine. You are absolutely in your right to seek out additional support, insight, or perspective I find that even sometimes there have been a few occasions where my intuition has not necessarily been wrong, but maybe I've gotten the answer of, we understand why you're concerned. We think we should hold off on doing any intervention at this point. Here's what we recommend you do in the meantime. And then eventually after we wait it out, things will either have resolved themselves or it's time to take that next step. And we were prepared to take the right steps to support whichever of my children, when the time was right. But I'll say that I have yet to be wrong. And that is even on the back of some pretty uncommon circumstances for my kids where I had to really fight the system, jump through hoops, and push my way through to get the support my kids needed. And that's not to say that squeakiest wheel gets the oil and that you should just barge through all systems and procedures because that's not what I'm saying. What I do want you to know, though, is that it's okay to persist. It's okay to continue to seek out answers if you're feeling like there's an unmet need that your child has that's continuing to be left unresolved. And with that said, taking this from a professional's perspective, as someone who specialized in intervention for 10 years of my teaching career, it's a professional's job to identify the outliers. So whether that's a doctor or a teacher or an occupational therapist, their job is to really catch the kids who are really struggling and really set apart from their peers. So sometimes when you reach out to someone about your concern for your child, they may say, 
you don't really have much to be concerned about. It's because it's their job to look for the outliers and it's your job to advocate for what your child needs most right now. And so those are two kind of different jobs and different roles. So you just may find that what one professional's role is and what they need to do isn't necessarily best suited in supporting what your child's needs are in the moment. So sometimes it just is a matter too of, it's not that they're wrong, it's just that maybe you need to seek alternative avenues for support. So for example, there would be times where I'd have a student we would evaluate for special education because they hadn't made adequate progress. But when we look at their information holistically in terms of getting some really in-depth data points in terms of observing them in the classroom, giving them scaled scores about their development or their learning progress, we would find that they weren't as significant of an outlier as other peers their age. And it wouldn't be justifiable to take them out of the classroom and provide special education supports. It could actually be more harmful than beneficial. And that was really tricky for some parents to hear who saw their kids struggling academically. That doesn't mean, though, at the same time, that child doesn't warrant other academic supports. Maybe it's that there's an after-school tutoring program that the school provides or intervention program within the school day. Or maybe you look to a local tutoring company or you have someone come to your home. So just know that if you feel like the door gets shut through one channel, it doesn't necessarily mean that your concerns aren't valid. Be curious about where else you could be looking for support and get creative about how you can create that for your child. And just remember, it's okay to get a second opinion. I think that a lot of times a second opinion is going to give you access to someone who's going to explain your child's needs and situation differently than maybe your primary opinion that you got. They also can have different expertise or different training that helps them see your child differently. Maybe it's just that they just have a different personality that you connect with better. That's okay. Sometimes you just need that other personality to have that sense of reassurance that, okay, I can follow that primary opinion even though I didn't agree with it. I'm feeling more reassured because I heard it from this perspective and that can put your concerns at ease too. And again, sometimes the second opinion or the third or the fourth, depending on how far you go, it's certainly been my case, sometimes you finally do get the person who will just listen to you and will be willing to dig a little bit deeper. So don't hesitate to use your voice don't hesitate to speak up on your child's behalf and don't hesitate to persist. I know you've got more on your plate than anyone could realistically take on. And sometimes finding time to simplify your mom life can feel impossible. Did you know the average mom works 98 hours a week? It's no wonder you're craving a more manageable approach to everyday life. You deserve a life where you feel more in control, intentional, and present. That's where Mom Life Handbook Plus subscription comes in, providing you with the tools and resources you need to create the mom life you've always wanted. With the Plus subscription, you'll gain access to bonus episodes that dive deeper into each week's main topic to help you take action without a whole lot of effort. You'll also find downloadable resources you can't get anywhere else and invites to live subscriber-only Q&A sessions. I'm here to support you every step of the way. Start your free trial subscription to Mom Life Handbook Plus in Apple Podcasts today and let's simplify mom life together. 
And I want to acknowledge that as we go through problem solving on behalf of our kids, it can be really stressful. It's really hard to see your child struggling. It's really hard to see your child not making progress. And I think that there's something to be said about how we need to care for ourselves, both emotionally and physically, when we are going through these periods of time where we are concerned for our children. It takes a lot out of us. It's a lot of extra time and energy to reach out to the right people. It's a lot of time and energy to do research on your own. It's extra intention in implementing some changes at home in order to support your child. And that's a lot when you already have an entirely full plate. One of the first things that I can't emphasize enough is do everything that you can to stay calm and level-headed. And I fully recognize that this is so much easier said than done, especially when we just, our heart is so connected with our little one's hearts that it's really easy to get caught up in the emotions. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't feel emotional because you absolutely should. But at the same time, I want to make sure that while you lean into your emotion and you can show compassion and care for your child, I want you to also make sure that doesn't tip you over into fight or flight mode. The minute you go into fight or flight, your nervous system is going to be on edge and it's going to make it really hard for you to take in the information from other caregivers or experts to really create a well-rounded picture of your child's needs and where they're at right now. It's really going to prevent you from being able to figure out an appropriate plan and how to support your child in the best way possible. I want to make sure that you're operating from a place of calm so that you can inform your next steps and make decisions when you're level-headed. And it's okay if you get to these points where you're like, it's too much, I can't take it. Especially if you're in a meeting, I can't tell you how many special education meetings I've been in it's very normal for people to be upset or frustrated or just to feel really sad for their kids. And I want you to know that in those moments, it's okay to step away from those tricky conversations. If you're not in a place where you can be level-headed and a part of the conversation and collaborative around the people who are there to support you and your child, that's okay. You can step away. You can take a break. You can wait until you've had a chance to collect yourself or have had time to process your thoughts and to find your center. It's at that point when you can do those things that you can say, all right, I'm ready to talk again. And from there, you'll be able to come up with a plan that's really supportive for your child. So don't ever hesitate as much as I'm encouraging you to advocate for your child. I want you to advocate for yourself and recognize when you need more for you in terms of whether that's time, space, or anything else that you really need in order to feel supported in being able to come up with a plan that's going to benefit your child the most. If you'd like some practical strategies to help you in those moments, I want you to head over to this week's bonus episode on Apple Podcasts. If you aren't already a subscriber to the Mom Life Handbook Plus subscription, just activate the free trial and tune into the bonus episode number six, where I'm sharing my three no-fail strategies that I fall back on when I'm stressed about my children's struggles and need to bring myself back to a place of calm. I know that you are going to find those helpful for you as well. All right, that wraps up our episode for today. I hope this conversation has empowered you to become the advocate your child needs. We've covered some significant ground. First, we acknowledge that proactive intervention can stop minor problems from becoming major hurdles. 
and that you have what it takes to take that first crucial step in being curious and wanting to learn more. Then we looked at the importance of research and leaning into resources around you. And remember, you're not alone in this. We dived into the world of collaboration and how a team mindset with professionals can actually make things a whole lot easier for you and your child. And of course, we talked about advocating without hesitation. Trust yourself, ask the tough questions, and ensure your child's needs are met. Lastly, we explored the importance of staying calm and level-headed. It's all right to take a moment to regather and center yourself, and I want you to remember you're doing an incredible job. Your child is lucky to have you on their side. Today, you've taken an important step towards breaking the communication barriers and building stronger support networks for your child, and that's progress worth celebrating. I hope this episode has given you a sense of empowerment and shown you that you can affect meaningful change and create a supportive environment for your child no matter the struggle. Remember, I'm here with you every step of the way. And if you ever need a little more guidance, don't forget to check out episode four on tapping into your mom intuition, as well as the other great resources that I've linked in the show notes about supporting your child's development for kindergarten and having difficult conversations about your child with their caregivers and teachers. And as we wrap up this week's episode, remember, mom life is complex, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Here's to leading with purpose and intention as you simplify mom life in the week ahead. You've just finished another episode of the Mom Life Handbook podcast. Remember to check out the episode description for all the important links and highlights from today's show. While you're there, tap the subscribe button so that new episodes are always at your fingertips. Before you go, I'd really appreciate hearing your thoughts about the show. It takes as little as 30 seconds to leave a review and your honest thoughts help me create a better show and help other moms discover it too. And if this episode really helped you out, go ahead and hit the share button to text it to a friend or share it on social media. You never know who in your life might benefit from a little extra support. Don't forget, there are lots of ways to stay connected beyond the podcast. Head over to momlifehandbook.com for additional resources or to learn about how to work with me. And be sure to follow along on Instagram at momlifehandbook. Send me a DM to say hey or to share your thoughts on today's episode. Connecting with you personally is what I really love most. And just in case you need to hear it today, you're doing an incredible job. I know it doesn't always feel like it, but you're here learning how to be better and do better. Keep working to bring more intention and ease into your life and know that I'm right here cheering you on. You're creating a beautiful journey for you and your family. I am so proud of you.